0: Hello, Heron. So I have a long list of topics in front of me. <laughs> I was wondering if you had any topics you wanted to uh, begin well, with. Well,
1: a long time ago, I think it was Hofstadter's first book that uh, you know, the Eternal Golden Braid, Escher Girdle, and Bach. Mm-hmm. Did you have you ever read that book? No, no, I oh. haven't. Okay, well, a- anyway, there, there's a part in that book where he describes the idea of building a machine, a physical mm-hmm. machine that will – its purpose is to disassemble itself. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that's not a particularly avant-garde idea anymore. (laughs) But but what I'm thinking is if we have a language machine and the way it's constituted, I think, could be improved upon, and if it's really – Ultimately, what I what I'm saying is that it's it's a programmable machine. It's it's that's it. It's a programmable machine in our head. Mm. And would it be possible to create a series of events, or or hopefully something as simple as a single sentence, that is so undeniably powerful if it's understood? <laughs> that's yes. a big, big if. That right then and there it would disassemble. The uh the sort of meta structure of of a person's worldview. So
0: you wouldn't go back to Descartes, I think. Therefore, I am.
1: Um. Uh, well, that hardly came to mind.
0: But <laughs> so, I mean, no, no. I mean, you're looking for yeah. a simple sentence that enables a person well, when I, they I, fully reflect upon it to.
1: Well, maybe may, maybe it's a paragraph. I mean, but there's some some idea, I guess, a meme, uh, some some mm-hmm. concept. That if it's grasped, that this, you know, like once it gets in, then it would just maybe quickly or maybe not. Uh, but it would gradually invade, you know, like a, it would be like a virus, I guess, yes. you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I wanted that. I realized that that's really what I'm, what my whole research in life has been about is figuring out if that's possible to, to create a sentence, a straw, or maybe not a sentence. I don't know what some experience. I'm thinking since we're talking about the language machine, it's probably <laughs> in words or at least in sounds. And anyway, it's something that somebody would be subjected to. And as a result of that, they, w- and really it's just as simple as this is realizing that, um, that all we have is maps. You know, we don't know what reality is. Most people really operate from the position that they actually do know what reality is. They may cop to it or say stuff, but the way they act emotionally, the arguments they get into, the bullshit they pull, all comes out of (laughs) a different perspective. So, anyway... uh, um, i i 'm not like i say it's it 's not well formed at this point, but at least it 's in the ballpark of programming it 's really about coming up with a string of characters that would somehow be so disruptive that they would end up wiping out a whole series of programs and installing new ones. Well,
0: the voice in your head is not you that 's a good one, which is
1: almost in stark contrast to i think therefore I am <laughs> well. I, I don't. I just don't relate to Descartes at all. So mm. I, I just don't know how to how to.
0: Well, de- we're not of his time or of his yeah reality, well, right? Yeah. So no shit. <laughs> A few things have gone on between then
1: and now, yeah, and uh, yeah. here like, we are. Yeah, like science, yes. <laughs> for one thing, yeah. and computers, and all sorts of shit. Yes. So I mean, I don't know, but I'm thinking again, this whole idea of, of studying for years and years and meditating and sitting in cold streams and, you know, and being a yogi and, or all this shit. And it would seem that what would happen? Couldn't it just be like, you just get this idea and it's almost like an intellectual approach to nirvana or something, mm. which usually that's eschewed is clearly the wrong way. But I'm thinking, well, yeah, because they've been doing it wrong. That's why. <laughs> you know, if we did it right, if you really understand it, that's that's the game. The thing is, people say they understand it, they have the feeling that they understand it, but it's all this subjective bullshit story they've got going in their head. So decompressing a few elements of this,
0: if the problem relates to their own programming it may be a case where, irrespective of the sentence structure or what have you, because their own programming is so heavily at fault here.
1: Well, it's not fault. It's just it's what it is. It's just a program, and and it really we need to change those programs.
0: Well, except <laughs> the, the program protects itself, right?
1: Um, I don't know. There's probably a certain amount of inertia going on there. Yeah, there, there's I probably some. The program some
0: might of that. actively protect itself as well. Well, people. Well,
1: it, it may very well. So we'll have to be very clever. (laughs) Yes.
0: You know, I've I've not been sleeping recently and I've been catching myself analyzing mores a little bit more than I should. Like, I found myself in when Analyzing what more? Mores, the social uh, oh, fabrics, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. more yeah. than I should. And I think the thing that
1: strikes me through... Well, this, How much should you think about this stuff? Well, it's interesting it's because...
0: you should. <laughs> well, I reflect on this. I've been doing a bit of bike riding recently... And it amazes me based on the aggression of the drivers that surround me that I have not gotten into a a violent accident as yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe thing, it's time to get a car. <laughs> the
0: thing about well, or find better cycling routes, I think the latter is. Or okay,
1: that's yeah, that's but a possibility. Yeah. Through this, cars.
0: through this the notion of physical violence is something which is really very interesting. I mean I reflect on, you know, what used to be Syria and Iraq. <laughs> they have a very different view associated with physical violence in large part because we've been, you know, sending off the folks who'd like to enact physical violence to their parts of the well, world. Yeah,
1: that's and, just part of their life. They've yeah. grown up with that. Exactly. That's normal. That's, that's the thing that's normal. me
0: is that it's amazing that I live in this, and live is both a mental and a physical, yeah. Yeah. in this sphere where I... I, at any stage, could have physical violence enacted on me or could enact physical violence on others. And it is so totally removed from my existence through what is yeah. a
1: series of programs. Well, we basically. are, well, that and we are blessed that we don't live in Syria. True. However,
0: <laughs> you know? there are still plenty of people who live <laughs> and in the we US weren't,
1: that, you know, well, you that, and I are, are oddballs. Yeah, so, Yeah. Those so, of us in the in America and you know the the in crowd yeah. are blessed, man. We've got an easy fucking life.
0: But what creates that easy fucking life? I mean, what is actually uh, yeah. the fabric of that in mm. terms of the social? Oh, work? That, well, we
1: got our story. Yeah, right. That's we exactly a, my point. yeah right. And my yeah, point yeah, is right, that sure. if
0: you start addressing any form of this deprogramming you start eroding
1: things which are yeah. so well, central to you know people's yeah. everyday lives that's what i'm thinking may make it work i mean again it's such a simple idea yeah. you know that that, uh, that if you can get that if you can structure a series of events around that such that that really gets driven home in a way they cannot ignore that that's maybe might begin a sort of cascade of events the interesting, or an interesting question through this... <laughs> Thank you, Tom!
0: <laughs> well, I, I was wondering if it was the most interesting, which is when you're allowed to use
1: the interesting... Yeah, yeah it, to me, if you yeah. say the most interesting, the one I'm most yeah. interested in, yeah. yes, of course. Is Is... <laughs> When you give people,
0: because I guess I've gone through a certain deconstruction associated with this since we last spoke, so I probably need to explain that in some context here. But I travelled to Las Vegas last week with my spiritual advisor to attend a surprise party. When we left Las Vegas, in fact, for the entire six years that we were in Las Vegas, we had interactions with my in-laws in Las Vegas, which primarily meant spending periods of time either in bars or surrounded (laughs) with kind of functional alcoholics, which was the nature of the environment. Yeah. And through this period, I had a strong reaction towards these kind of things. I've narrated it, folks can go back and listen to the... Early Teens of the Stone podcast to hear more on this. From this experience, I, when I went back to it, I had such a strong reaction that I said to my spiritual advisor, I don't think I can interact with these people anymore. Yeah. They don't interact with me as, as in any way like I am an entity. Yeah. And it has a certain (laughs) degree of toxicity, which is just beyond what I feel. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah,
1: nobody's going to benefit from this. (laughs) So we,
0: we went to bed. And I reflected upon this a little bit. And I had a strange series of dreams relating to uh, being back in Australia, which I have periodically around my family members, where they just don't listen or interact with me, which is very similar (laughs) to what it was like actually living there. From this, I came away with this single idea that we, or I as an individual, and you as an individual as well, have relatively detailed and it almost well it's only extreme by any socially normative sense view of opinions and ideas that we are we live through our ability to have these ideas and in contrast my you know alcoholic in-laws friends don't have any of those ideas. The nature of their yeah. conversations are associated oh, no. with yeah, bars yeah. that close yeah. and these the, yeah, kind Yeah, the of things. job
1: or what was on TV exactly. last or night. Or the job, yeah. all these kind yeah. of things. Yeah, whatever, And yeah. I wondered through this the conversation has to change. That actually
0: the critique that I have for them could also be reversed and applied to me. This notion of me <laughs> as an individual, what is my opinion in this circumstance worth? What is my... I don't want to use any... What's it worth uh, to whom? Well, to, uh, to, <laughs> to, to anyone. I mean, well, I think... how this about you? The, <laughs> this is the interesting thing, is that maybe this opinion is just like a pet that I
1: cultivate. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, well, it's just a part of your story. Yeah. The question is, does it contribute anything? Uh, and, is it a good part of your story or just an irrelevant part of the story? Or? And through...
0: Through my life, I suspect in large part due to the way that I appear in the world, but through a large part of my life, I've had various ideas and various experiments and various things that I have done that people around me, people close to me, people in my immediate proximity, even people over the internet, have not only ignored, (laughs) but they've just attributed the fact that that's Tom doing what Tom does, but, you know, let's pay no attention. You're talking about family, you mean? I'm talking about a variety of... I was on the Sea Realm podcast... Yeah, but you're just going to have to get used to it. Tom, get over it. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. They don't get it. But here's the point. (laughs) Here's the point through this, and here I feel blessed using the word the... (laughs) In this context... Anything that I say, any interaction that I have with these people may not leverage, irrespective of the brilliance of the mind virus. Let's use the term mind virus. Yeah. That
1: I oh, I don't enact. think it's going to be for everybody. Please. Yeah, but go on. Yeah. Well, this is where it gets interesting because yeah. I start wondering who it's for. Yeah, well, that that's... That's a big part of the question. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, how narrow or why, well, I mean, you want to make it as wide as possible. Uh, there may be a way to, to get them all. There may be three or four different versions of it. Mm. You know, one highly focused, uh, to people who are just on the cusp and, and one to people who haven't got a clue yet, but aren't, aren't brain dead. <laughs> you know? The other
0: the other extreme that concerns me is and this actually is very much intertwined. Probably Eckhart totally fits into this in some regard. Is people who are popular by taking a slightly more populist path, which is something that has always concerned me because I've really taken a
1: populist path. I've oftentimes taken... I'm not quite sure what you mean by a populist path in in reference to Tola. Well, my view with regards to Tola, and we've talked
0: about this critically, is that there are elements of Tola that are just stone light. Well, Well... just,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's take yeah, a little yeah, bit of these yeah, ideas. Yeah, look at the size
0: of his audience. Let's keep this in your comfort zone, people. Let's yeah. just take a little Yeah, bit.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, th- yeah, that's why I would love to have a conversation with him. Mm. It would be really interesting because um I love what he's doing, but really I think, again, I, I think the concept of language machine would really assist him in in saying more clearly what he's trying to say the problem is he's trying trying to say though yeah well of course and and that's my sense is that yes he also has experienced something like whatever the hell it was that i experienced and there are a lot of people out there who have had similar experiences and they're all out there talking about it with their own fucking language yes and, uh, in the language they've picked up it, on their path or whatever, you know, and, uh, th- th- that's just really beginning to get in the way. Although, I mean, we're beginning to get around that. I mean, I, I, I sense that, but, uh, you know, they're really stuck mm. in their language, in their stories. Mm. I'd so, say you know one of the things I've been think. I, in fact, it just hit me the other day as, as for a project would be to actually go and interview all these enlightened people mm. about about the language they use. Well, I make a good Kickstarter, Harold. Ooh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. Yes, well, I'm, I'm gonna think people. about that one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that really. So that because I mean, real. It's a pretty straightforward concept. You know. Yes. I mean, we just make a list of the people. <laughs> you know, get contact them and ask them if they'd be willing to do it Yes. And well, you then, could
0: use the Kickstarter as part of the publicity you could yeah, generate absolutely. a list of people yeah, right. and say these are the people I'm interested ah, in talking yeah, with yeah.
1: Yes. and for ten bucks you can put a name on the list <laughs> well that would be very interesting now wouldn't it yeah well, that's something to think about, anyway. I how, how long do you think the list would be? You know, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking. I I, I started making a list and I had three. <laughs> you know, so it's good. But there are a lot more than that. I yeah. mean, there's just a few that I've been impressed with. So who are the three? <laughs> I don't even remember now. Ajay is one. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Watts mm-hmm. uh, was one. He's going to be hard to interview. Ah, yeah. Well, that's the, ah, that's right. You're right. I don't know. I'll have to go look at the list then. I don't know. I, I, maybe it wasn't this, that list. It was just a list (laughs) of people (laughs) like to interview. Oh, yes. (laughs) Maybe that's it. But, you know, well, you could probably, Eckhart Tolle Mm -hmm. certainly would be on there. And, uh, maybe, um, Deepak Chopra, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever, whoever the most, you know, uh, well, you know, that's part of the project is identifying these people. Yes. You know? and so the question is, what's is, what's the proper number then? If we're going to go into any kind of depth, it can't be more than five or six, I would oh, think. Oh, that's interesting. Because, I mean, if, if they're really good and productive and we begin to find something um, – I can't imagine that we won't, actually. you know. But um, Well, it could be longer than one. I mean, it could, it could be more than a single film. It could be a series of films, maybe one with each of them. Who knows at this point? I don't and know. This is,
0: let me put this to you. Yeah. Because one of my great frustrations with the documentary form is when they interview three distinct people yeah. who all have slightly different perspectives,
1: but because yeah. of the
0: way the thing is edited...
1: Puts them all together. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Instead of sticking with one, then going... Well,
0: no, no, no. What might actually be more interesting is put the 3 of them together rather than ask them each individually <laughs> ask them
1: together and see if they can resolve well, that, at least that could be done afterwards i, I not primarily the, the thing is i want to explore them personally mm. I, I i want from the perspective of trying to trying to clear up the the language that's being used and seeing you know what key terms they're using uh, and you know, and compare that to other ways of saying those things and exploring that. Mm-hmm. They're very specific language use for their key terms. Yes. And of course, I I just made that up. So, <laughs> you know, I yes. don't know. I don't even know. I have to come up with a list first. I don't even know who, who's on the list. But I mean, really, I would. That's right. It doesn't have to be just one show. It could be. It could be a series of interviews with individuals.
0: Yes but part of this is actually to motivate change
1: in their language right oh, of course so <laughs> yeah, to t- from my perspective i would hope that these people will come away with this uh from this with a better understanding of language and how to use it to get their ideas across so that m- more of their people will actually get the point rather than just being believers and i'm sure they all they they say, they all say that all the time you know just Understanding this isn't it. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's part of it, maybe, but you don't even really need that.
0: Well, But I, their need, it's interesting because their need, while they may say that they don't need yeah, to
1: perceptions of their needs and their needs are <laughs> then two different things. Well,
0: no, their needs are very <laughs> acute associated with maintaining their living and their status. I mean, um, it's interesting oh, okay. the yeah, whole oh, role yeah. of the guru yeah. in this form because yeah. they have to... They have to, on some level, have an understanding that if they say things that are unpopular or particularly socially challenging, they may be,
1: you know, in the second-hand well, bookstore yeah, very well, quickly. In, in some ways, that's, that's the risk. Well, it, at some levels, that's really what you're fa- – Is really uh, you, you're, you want this bad enough uh, that you're willing to risk for it. Yes. Yeah, it is risky. in my list of topics actually look one of these things
0: comes very close to the stuff we were just immediately discussing i was talking with my spiritual advisor this morning what i was going to do associated with the serious radio approach that we put together and i said in the near term and i've talked about this periodically on prior stone ape recordings I think there's a need for an agent, an independent entity, probably a professional, who is able to uh, go out there and represent here our collective insights in audio (laughs) to entities that would, in your case, I guess, want you to speak. And in my case, uh, you know, want me to be a remote voice Uh, speaking as well and the notion that when you through the folks that i've known who have had agents people like douglas rushkov their primary means of earning money is also what the agent would charge the 10 percent for and yeah right the broad problem that i have with that obviously is that my primary means of earning money is completely removed from what we do here
1: yeah right yeah
0: And it's an interesting problem because it frames whether agents exist that will take you know potentially payment for these kind of services or
1: what the right move is well no so you'd be silly to pay some give them a percentage. I mean if they'll work for a percentage well what I would do they think that what percentage what, percentage of what in our well if, if if they get you a gig that that pays two thousand dollars yes. and and then they get a percentage of that
0: but their incentive typically is to work with people initially who are starving and all their income is going to be going into that that percentage. I'm not starving here.
1: Yeah, and right, yeah. The, so you have to negotiate our own deal. Yes. Yeah, fuck them. It's, it's got to be a deal that works for us or there's no point in doing it. Certainly. But <laughs> it's
0: interesting, this notion of historically what agency has been in the context of you know independent thinkers. I mean, yeah.
1: you know, what uh, happened yeah. to the likes
0: of Leary? I guess by the time Leary needed an agent, Leary had already left you know, stage left, so to speak, of uh, (laughs) academia. But it is an interesting problem that I almost need to start finding avenues in order to make some limited profit through this, at least to say to an agent, well, if you can increase this aspect of my life, you know, the money's yours, so to speak.
1: Yeah. But it's an interesting problem. Well, um, yeah, yeah, there'd have to be money. Yeah, there's no... (laughs) Why would an agent... Well, unless they just like your idea. I mean, I'm sure there are cases where somebody... Find some idea, and they just decide they want to push it. Well, except the the, that in and of itself is usually
0: motivated by a notion that they will earn an income
1: through well, this it, process. M- maybe, or maybe not. Yeah. You know, there are some of these religious nuts investors you know who give a bunch of their money to fund some dumb thing that's you know their pastor is doing or something you you think
0: that is the case but oftentimes these religious nut investors get business benefit from being well that that
1: that may be true too too. i'm not i'm just saying that money can come from all sort in all sorts of ways well yes you know yeah
0: I have to actually apologize to our listener, Billy Logan, because I did, uh, indicate, in fact, a number of our listeners that live in Las Vegas, I did indicate if I was to go to Las Vegas, I would catch up with them, but the recent trip was, uh, was
1: too fractured <laughs> in order. And the whole nature of a surprise. And so so it's over with now. You're never going to see them again and you won't have to deal with this, right? Uh, Well, actually,
0: what came through it in a kind of secondary perspective, and there was a lot more to this. I mean, there's a lot more that doesn't need to be kind of aired in a Stone Ape recording. But my (laughs) sense through all of this was, um, I just have to be happy to be a schmuck.
1: Yeah. See, Um, I, well, okay. See, well, yeah, that's one way to do it. I, I just cut off contact basically with all my relatives except for one that I liked, you know? (laughs) And I just never, did anything with any of the other ones. Through our travels, we stumbled upon Hinkley, California.
0: And Hinkley, <laughs> oh, Hinkley, yes. yes. Which is now not even really a ghost town. It's a kind of shrine to PG&E. And, yeah, but it's, it's completely desolate. And it's interesting, actually, the experience of driving through Hinkley and realising that the monopoly that controls the gas and electricity in California and, in fact, was responsible for the rise of Enron and rolling blackouts and these kind of things, and also in the case of Hinkley, actually killed a bunch of people, is still in power. It's kind of an interesting shrine to, mm, you know, yeah. corporatism in the worst yeah. possible extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A figure that struck me through doing some basic reading about Hinckley was that the residents of Hinckley combined made about $600 million through litigation.
1: Where, where is Hinckley? Hinckley
0: is near Bakersfield okay. in Southern oh, California.
1: Oh, lovely Bakersfield. Yes. Yeah, okay.
0: Actually, it was interesting. I had quite <laughs> a, an interesting time in Bakersfield because I approached it with oh. the view that this was like fossilized California. And that it was like a part of California that no longer existed elsewhere. A bit like, I feel, some of the satellite terms from Sacramento yeah. are like that. Yeah. And yeah. it really was, you could tell, very strong Republican perspective,
1: very strong view associated with... Is Hinkley physically isolated from, I mean, is there like an area where there's no housing or anything between, okay, so it's, and how many people live there? From what we saw, absolutely none. None now, okay. Yeah. But but some did at some point. At some point, yeah. It was interesting... Well, this is a big, it's it's the collapse of 10,000 years of human history,
0: for well, and it's the, interesting actually because thinking about the six hundred million dollars, which is what I guess the living or the barely living in Hinkley were paid out through PG&E at a rate of about twenty million a person
1: for for what for uh,
0: for the cancer and various other oh, things I mean because of got.
1: pollutants that yeah, the exactly. company put yes. into
0: their water or yes. something
1: yeah okay yeah okay. yeah.
0: I reflected on the $600 million of U.S. taxpayer money that went into the Islamic State, which is roughly the amount that they've either looted or taken from banks that American taxpayers put into Iraq. It's absolutely extraordinary.
1: <laughs> well, Listen, you just can't spend too much time delving into the details of the caterpillar. Well, heaven forbid that.
0: Because you might <laughs> really? actually start to realize that the caterpillar, if it isn't long for this earth, should be uh should be long disposed of.
1: No, I Well, it that- seems to be doing a pretty good job of tearing itself apart, yeah. if you ask me. It's-
0: yeah. It is a very curious period of time.
1: You know, just uh when you mentioned Enron, I started thinking of um I can't remember the name of his company, but Cheney's company, you know. Uh, Halliburton. Halliburton, yeah. yes. You know, and that whole this, this whole thing, man. <laughs> These people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God. It really it someone ought to make a movie out of it. <laughs> well it's it's
0: funny about that because
1: I was watching
0: something on Netflix associated with truthers the truth of movement for (laughs) 9-11 oh yeah yeah. this is slightly softer (laughs) truth aside which i'm actually moderately sympathetic to yeah well of course which is which is didn't care i the u.s i the the bushes and the chinese didn't care that there was the possibility of these terrorists attacking the u.s
1: well see i don't even think we need to supply answers we just need to acknowledge the questions yes I don't know what the fucking answers are, but I yes. know some of the questions that certainly don't seem to have been answered very well. Yes. And, um, that's good enough, you know, to continue to ask those questions. Like, well, you, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, uh, thermite for one.
0: I don't think I, from my physics background, I find it very difficult to believe in, because the jet fuel describes things so perfectly.
1: Well, like I say, I don't and know why thermite well, I can't I actually
0: don't. destroy steel. I mean, that's one of the great misconceptions. While thermite can go through a car, the nature of the thermite going off around um, the steel, you know, girders is not the same because it has gravity in it.
1: I just, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not a engineer or yeah. physicist or anything. Yeah. I've read some of the stuff, and no, I just jet think fuel
0: that's... is a. Ama- Do not underestimate the power of jet fuel. I mean, I think. The more that you understand about jet fuel, particularly associated with heat, but also associated with its effect on steel for even short periods of time, I think it's relatively uncontroversial that um, what occurred associated with planes at least is the least of our concerns. What are associated with funding, long-term funding, in the case of Bin Laden, to the tune of about eight billion US <laughs> dollars.
1: Eight billion. No, those are sure. again, th- yeah, these are all That's, intertwined but issues People here, that talk yeah. about
0: thermite don't, uh, unfortunately, suck the air out of the conversation for those that want to talk about the money. Well, they're just different issues. It's not a,
1: they're not in competition with each well, other. They're different aspects. Unfortunately, of the, the the truth of movement has created. Well, those a, are a bunch of fucking idiots. Exactly, it gives a shit what they think.
0: Well, the problem is that unfortunately, if any group creates this kind of strange alternative narrative, <laughs> yeah. they're immediately pointed to and called nuts. Which means yeah, there's right. no yeah. other narrative. Yeah, I know. There's the no room. way
1: around it. You know, listen, we're, we're nuts. Yes. You know, fuck it. <laughs> I don't see any way around that. Yes. If you take any position seriously and base your life on it consciously, that's nutty. Yes. <laughs> fucking- and see, that would tell me what a nutty fucking world we live in. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: I've been doing various experiments with my mind recently. Uh-oh. And one of the interesting experiments that I've done is I've been cycling from my house to work and mm. back. Mm. And it's about between depending on traffic and this is both pedestrian traffic and yeah. road traffic. It is between an hour and an hour and a
1: half. Whoa, that's and a long ride. Twice a day. No, <laughs> not twice a day. Oh, a half hour each way. Thing. No, okay. no, no, no.
0: No, when I go... I, I, I haven't done it both ways in a day. I go one way, get public ha- transport. Oh, or oh, oh I see. That's like because you can
1: put yeah. a bike on the bus. Or you could do a wide variety yeah, of things. Yeah, okay. I've not
0: quite gone to the extreme yet of three hours worth of constant cycling.
1: Yeah, that would be... Yeah, I can't... or wouldn't hurt. I can't imagine... <laughs> I mean, it
0: might, since it's probably one weekend, I might do it. In terms of doing productive work, following that yeah. kind of stuff is secondary. The thing that interests me through this experience is I can't map my route. So I get to one destination... What uh, do you mean you
1: can't map it? I'm talking about means. the fact
0: that there are between 40 to 60 turns. None of these streets are straight. They only go on for short periods, and I Mm -hmm. need to, through direction alone, map my route. And none of the routes I have taken so far have been the same.
1: So (laughs) you'll get one eventually. I
0: will probably become familiar with one, but the thing that strikes me through this, because I know this from my prior movement, is that when I pick a familiar route and stick to it, I will then remember it.
1: Yeah. Well, this would be an interesting experiment. It's been a very interesting experiment because what has happened in this
0: process is that there are parts typically in the middle of the journey where I have no idea after the fact where I have been. And I look at my phone and I look at the roads and I make the directions and I make the points. But in retracing my steps on a map following, I can't do it. Hmm. And it's the strangest thing because it indicates that there's a part of my brain, which I've long suspected associated with journey optimization that doesn't exist in terms of my conscious, actively talked about memory. And the complexity involved in this circumstance seems to indicate to me that this is a part of my memory, which firstly, I'm very comfortable not having, no. but secondly, doesn't actually exist. And when I think about this trip, I think about it in five and ten minute breaks at various points. Not because I'm stopping at these points, but yeah. just acknowledgements of points that I am yeah. very familiar Some with. Some geographical yeah. f- feature or something. However, yeah. most of the geographical features, because there is, I haven't actually worked out how many possibilities there are, but there are at least thousands of possibilities in terms of the streets that I can take.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And I haven't been able to... Well, so you've got to take the one that's the most fun. Well, that's what I'm optimizing towards. Yeah, most fun. Well, two, most fun and most efficient. And, and, and weighing those two against each other. Yeah.
0: The notion of most efficient over this space is very interesting. Because efficiency, firstly, is one direction, which is one way that I have caught myself through this. Because what is most efficient in one direction is, is least efficient in another yeah. direction.
1: Well, also road condition makes Without question. a lot to do There's with it. There's a that. combination
0: because roughly yeah. half of this trip is on road and roughly half of it is on cycle path, which makes it even more interesting. Mm. But I'm exploring in my own thinking what this actually means associated with the deterioration of my brain. (laughs) Because at some point in my childhood, I was able to do this quite well, Ah. but I suspect very strongly that I, and I know this for a fact, that I had fewer turns to make through those journeys. In fact, a lot of them were just knowing cycle paths and sticking to cycle paths for, you know, extended miles worth and then getting off the cycle paths onto very long, very straight roads, none of which is applicable with my journey. The problem is that effectively San Jose and Campbell and the surrounds are grids and I have to move diagonally against the grid. Mm. But there are also kind of counter grids that go back on themselves and things like that.
1: And I knew it was going to be a mathematically interesting problem. Well, you've got a good, I mean, you have Google Maps. So, I mean, you can see, you can get a bird's eye view of of the situation. uh, There is following software. And what I'm planning on, what I'm thinking about doing
0: is actually installing following software on the phone. So I can actually visually see after the fact. But that almost defeats the interesting part to this, which is not knowing. Yeah, there's all sorts of possibilities. I've tried going through Google Street View in order to try to recreate some of these paths... And when I've done that in certain sections, I've realized that some, at some points I've doubled back on myself, which is particularly curious <laughs> because I use the sunlight very effectively or I've historically used the sunlight very yeah. effectively to keep direction. Yeah. So I'm almost hesitant to start graphing my route because that defeats the purpose here. But what I am interested in is that my mind, firstly, I feel relatively safe, although I'm, you know, there are, almost ongoing incidents involving cars, and I in some cases, because there's absolutely no... Yeah, that's important
1: way. to get yourself off main yeah. thoroughfares. You yeah. Know? yeah. So... It's interesting. Although there may be other dangers, though. People hmm. backing out of their yeah, driveways and
0: shit. One of the greatest <laughs> dangers that I face is actually cycle lanes, which I've heard about this with New York cyclists as well. Cycle yeah. lanes, which are lanes on the road that yeah. the bikes are supposed to use. I'm explaining this for the listeners who may oh. not know this. Um, are filled with either trash, debris, or in most cases, actually, the local county or what have you, will put up non-parking, like, I don't know what they are, like... um Warning signs that are about four feet high and kind of triangular, (laughs) and they're put in the cycling route, which forces me onto the road, which caused, you know, a minor
1: problem. You know, when I cycled yesterday and have... That would be a good reason to go to the city council, perhaps.
0: Yes, the problem is the city council is very, very big. And it's a city of roughly 900,000 people. Mm. And unfortunately... Well, actually, the areas that I cycle are some of the more affluent areas. Which is very curious, because I go, solid affluence... Are there a lot of other uh, cyclists that Uh, you see? I see a few, but there seems to be a general rule that when the cycle paths are blocked, people cycle on the pathways... Which is technically illegal, but I think you could probably. On the pathways, protest. You mean sidewalks? Yeah, sidewalks. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which I think you could probably protest with the police if they were ever were to stop. You could just kind of point to the detritus and indicate that, yeah. you know, you couldn't cycle in the road. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting problem because I would have thought coming to this that I would know instinctively where I had been and be able to chart it. But all I know, even with road names and even with cross streets, is just these little fragments. Yeah. Well, but you're just getting
1: started. Yeah. Uh, what will happen is, obviously, I'll find a familiar well, route. yeah. That ticks the, the beginning of these boxes. part of the route yeah. is yeah. going to get more and more familiar. Yeah. You know, and that and that, that familiarity in, yeah. will extend yeah. as you uh, w- with time. One would hope. Well, no, it will. It, it's. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I mean. Either that or you seriously need to get into a hospital. (laughs) Well, that's interesting, actually, because I wondered how the
0: functioning. I mean, I've wondered about this associated with the kind of peripheries of my thinking. And pathing, i.e., the, you know, finding finding routes between two points is a central part to Noble Ape as well. Yeah. But, yeah, it strikes me as something that I want to explore a lot more with these kind of. you know, routing problems in order to get a kind of keener sense. It's interesting the combination of
1: familiarity and lack of familiarity. Well, well I'm thinking that, again, it's just part of this is ideally uh, for what a primate brain is designed to do is, you know, is to go over these paths multiple times and uh, find a path that works.
0: Well, most primates
1: don't have the, I mean, this is the thing. Nowadays, but, you know, 200, years ago. <laughs> that was what we did
0: <laughs> uh,
1: well at least maybe
0: 40 or 50,000 years ago but the thing the thing through this is my primate mind is distinctly different and it's something that I found after I moved internationally for like the third time uh uh-huh. the you know the notion of streets and locations and places was something that was already being eroded
1: yeah and now it appears
0: that it's almost completely
1: eroded uh i have something somewhat similar to that and that i I mean, I've lived in Orange County for years, mm-hmm. and I I really don't know. I mean, I know the main streets and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but but I really don't know this area at all. Yeah, you know, like uh, where I grew up. <laughs> you know, I mean, I knew that whole area everywhere, all the street names and how far they were, and yes. you know, all the little ones and the cross streets, and, yes. and you know, that was just all part of my world, but. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's that's the critical part. It's the notion of my world. Yeah. Which is absolutely central to this. Ah, yeah, because I was on my bike, (laughs) and I was riding around the neighborhoods to get to my friend's house. Yeah. but this so, notion yeah. of my world
0: is really was the kind of crux of the early Nobelate development. Yeah. This was the most important thing, quite literally the most important thing for these simulated monkeys to do over time was to establish their world, which was a spatial and temporal world that had through this. You do, and you can see this by when people draw natural maps, when you give someone a pen and a paper and say, you know, draw the distances between these points, you know, fill in all these kind of things based on familiar things. The areas that they're familiar with, the spaces will always seem smaller than they actually are, which is a very interesting phenomena, which was one of the early things that I tried to simulate with Noble Ape as well. So, yes, it is an interesting problem, but it's something that I'm... uh, because of my background interest actually excites me quite strangely because it could be associated with some substantial
1: deterioration yeah um yeah i'm I'm aware of some things like that but i they're not they just don't seem very important to me well that's interesting because this is exactly
0: my thinking as well this all this spatial crap It's really not important to
1: me. Well, I mean, it could be if I need, you know, and if I need to, I could probably deal with it, you know, but uh, who cares?
0: Well, I think a lot of people deal with it, obviously, with, you know, uh, maps and things like that. I'm intentionally doing it with a minimal access
1: to maps
0: because I want to actually... Well, let me ask you this
1: again. You've looked at Google Maps Mm -hmm. and and gotten the vision of the territory from above. Mm -hmm. And you have... You can, can you recall more or less how that works? Well, the interesting thing is when I do this, I come, I come up
0: with a series of problems, which is where it gets very curious. So I remember that I went along streets, and I remember that I went along cross streets. And if I do that, and I kind of X those through, it gives some path.
1: Do the streets and avenues have different names for which way they go? Like streets one way and avenues the other? or something? no
0: no help there. No, it's just all (laughs) higgledy-piggledy. It's all in different directions. (laughs) There are major uh, thoroughfare streets, which I use to guide me, but some of those change direction as well. Some of those move from being north-south to, well, being south up north through to you know east west yeah and some have strange directions and some curve back as is that well. because
1: of the terrain i mean is it is it, hill, is it is, hilly country it's, it's or what? to do
0: with when it was settled i think um certainly the downtown san jose is pretty good right angle streets with at least you know this first second third fourth fifth what have you. Yeah. Um, but the streets that lead into those and the streets below a certain point don't have those names. And yeah. they, in themselves, don't run north-south. They run slightly north-west. So you have all these interesting kind of spatial problems. And I remember when we first moved here, even prior to it, one of my initial analysis was how am I going to get home from work and how am I going to get to work from home? Now, obviously, you know... You have to do it on service
1: street. There's no freeway.
0: There there are freeways. In fact, the freeways, Uh certainly with my spiritual advisor, my spiritual advisor still has business in the area where I work and she goes to that area a couple of times a week. So, you know, getting a lift with her in those circumstances is the easiest possible alternative. But some days she's nowhere near. So obviously I've got to. Chart my own roots in these circumstances, and that 's where it gets particularly interesting there's um there's a twenty minute walk to a uh, light rail which then puts me about thirty minutes away from the house. And that's the easiest way to do this because it's very much like the, well, although it's at right angles, it's very much like the walking route that I used to do when, you know, when I lived in the apartment. It's an interesting thing because I'm kind of qualifying it in terms of complexity. Another perspective on memory that I have found rather interesting in recent weeks is a fellow who released an interview that he took with me about a year and a half ago, in fact, about the same time that we floated uh, or restarted this recording. And what struck me through that is that I was hearing myself completely afresh. I have very limited recollections of that discussion. Mm -hmm. With the addition that I remember some of the stuff that he cut, which was very curious, kind of after the fact, (laughs) it occurred to me. And I contacted him and I said, I did say this, didn't I? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, so we agreed to cut that. Or he cut that. However, he didn't cut a few things, which in reflection made me kind of sit up and take note a little bit. I think through these recordings, these recordings being Stone Ape, there have been kind of broad narratives, particularly associated with my time in Australia, but also associated with uh, my mother's crazy friend, who I lived with for a period of time who's now institutionalised. For whatever reason, I think in large part because I was waiting for dinner when the interview took place and it went very, very over time, I managed to actually, you know, give an account of this woman's, interaction with me when my mother left Australia Uh, and listening back to that I kind of seem there were a few things that just seemed a little bit out of out of pitch almost like I wouldn't be saying those things now but I wouldn't be saying those (laughs) things now primarily because I know she went into a mental institution and I've reflected very heavily on what being institutionalized towards the end of one's life might be like yeah from this as well, there was also a point where I was trying to describe Noble Ape where I think the words that came out of my mouth was science is rubbish associated with describing a certain number of phenomena. But I'm not sure if I actually said I'm not describing a certain number of phenomena. I just caught that science as rubbish, and I thought that's probably not a good way to frame <laughs> any kind of discussion, particularly probably associated not. with yeah. people that might be science-sympathetic.
1: Yeah. So yeah. you probably... Uh, it, it's unnecessary. Yes. It's just going to piss some people off, yes. and it's not going to add anything for anybody else. Exactly. Except a few malcontents out there. Go, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck them, scientists <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
0: fuck that Barbalay loser. Um, so, yeah.
1: But it was interesting, it was an interesting
0: thing to go back and hear this because I have oh, yeah. I've, I've gone through a series of tapes digitizing them. And one of the a couple of the tapes were early radio interviews that I did, which I will eventually digitize, but also my mother sent me a tape of me when I was 18 months interviewing people. Which is the earliest account of me actually doing what we do now, eh? yeah. having long-form discussions. And I haven't gone back and listened to that tape. I guess I will at some stage. I remember hearing it somewhere in my... How old
1: were you when you did it? About 18 months. Oh, 18 months? Yeah.
0: Just a, roughly two 18 months, that kind of time period.
1: I don't understand. You're, you said you were interviewing people? Yes. And you were 18 months
0: old? Or- I'll find the audio, I'll digitize, and I'll point you to it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Because um what it shows, well, I, I suspect you you have a slightly different concept of interview than I'm normally thinking of. Though,
0: well, it's interesting. Actually, <laughs> it may change your perspective associated. Well,
1: with I that. can't. Well, yeah, I'm. I, I was straight. a child, you even at like, a
0: relatively young age, that was fascinated with why things were, and I think it might be that kind of explanation. According know, to my mother, who had who yeah. did listen to it prior to um, sending it to me. After asking a few questions, I start singing for no apparent reason for a period of time and then go back to asking questions again.
1: Yeah, like I say, it's not your typical interview. No, it's not your traditional interview. (laughs) Unless you're being
0: interviewed by Bob Dylan, I guess. But anyway, so... Yeah, I'm I'm it's not that I'm hesitant actually to do that recording. I probably will uh dub it ho shortly and I I I will endeavor if it is in any way listenable to put it into the Stone Age feed.
1: Yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah. I grew up uh, I grew up uh, when I was living in Manhattan Beach. I was some neighbor. I don't I don't really m- remember much about the guy and his wife, but they had a kid who was about 4 years old. Yes, you have told me, but Yeah, and he here. talked like a college student. Mm. You know, it was just the weirdest thing. <laughs> you know, he was awesome in so many I mean I I don't know I mean now it'd be interesting to go back and Mm. you know (laughs) but it was he was really unlike any child I'd ever met
0: (laughs) yeah I wouldn't say it was miraculous but certainly my ability to speak from a relatively early age was so heavily uh, marshaled and watched because of my cleft palate yeah that it framed a lot of my interaction and speech more so probably than most. Oh, yeah,
1: sure. That makes sense. It yeah. was something yeah. that was so. Something heavy. to pay attention yes. to. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas on most people, it's it's not a topic at all. Baby babbling. Yeah. You know? yeah. Whereas the with me, thing. it was seen yeah.
0: as being something that had to be resolved. It was yeah. a problem to be resolved. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of problems to be resolved and Kickstarter, there has been a Kickstarter going on for the past 15 or so days called Model Citizens. Uh, well, it's hard to actually frame what she was. She was a journalist for a period of time. She worked for the Philadelphia Weekly. She came to San Diego and taught at some unnamed educational institution, documentary making. And then she decided about two years ago to do a documentary about the model rail community in San Diego. <laughs> ah, she filmed, I don't know, probably somewhere, well, I don't know actually how much footage she filmed. But through the week, uh, in fact, at the start of the week, she contacted me to see if I would be willing to talk to her.
1: Yeah, on Radio. good. She's doing her research, yes.
0: Having investigated her Kickstarter, which I had already looked at and decided not to invest money in, I found myself in a moral quandary. Hmm. She made a number of relatively basic mistakes associated with the Kickstarter, and it appears that the Kickstarter won't be funded, even though she has about 13 days left. She, um, if we just talk about her introduction and the page on Kickstarter, she talks relatively Derogatorily associated with the model rail community. And she also...
1: (laughs) That doesn't sound like a smart move at all. She also talks in a
0: light (laughs) that seems to indicate that the people that are likely to put money into the Kickstarter are outside the model rail community which I don't see as being necessarily the case
1: No, that's pretty strange. She shows no evidence
0: associated with her prior work or ability to deliver, which is, I think, one of the more important things on Kickstarter. Yeah. And some of the money that she's putting in for relates to buying, what would you call it, archival footage at the rate of about $35 a second. So she wants to put the Kickstarter money into
1: that. <laughs> $35 a second? Yes. So <laughs> she's asking
0: for $30,000. At the time of this recording, she has raised about $4,300. So she's about an eighth of the way towards her goal yeah. with 13 days remaining.
1: Yeah. Well, she will or she won't, you know.
0: I think it's highly unlikely that she yeah, will.
1: Probably is, yeah. I have a
0: relatively strong view associated with Kickstarter, and I certainly think the model rail hobby is not alone in this, that there could be a number of really amazing Kickstarters, and there have been in a variety of other areas, just not model railroading. Yeah. So, having done a precursory review, and already knowing who she was when she contacted me, I contacted her a couple of days ago and said to her, look... I've done a bit of investigation associated with Kickstarter, I've put money into approximately 25 projects, of which four, including our former listener KMO's project, have not actually come to fruition, and um, I have a relatively keen sense of what goes into producing a Kickstarter um, you know, please review, I released some audio actually in the last recording of Model Rail Radio associated with the Model Rail community doing Kickstarters in a successful light. And I said, if we were supposed to talk tomorrow, I said, if we talk tomorrow, I'm probably going to be critical, associated with some aspects of your project. But I wanted to give you this in advance. Yeah, I warn you. And if, if you're interested, I can certainly outline yeah. the concerns that I have. And yeah. we can have a reasonable discussion. If you want to talk and you yeah. want to
1: hear what i got to say, I'm here
0: I yeah. am. <laughs> She's not interested in talking. No, probably not.
1: So it is, it's <laughs> an Surprise, surprise. Yes, it's an interesting
0: <laughs> phenomenon because I've felt... I don't even think if we talked about this, but through Model Rail Radio, we've had probably at least more than 100 participants, probably even potentially closer to 150 participants. A group of these participants have gone on to do video content, but paid for video content. And a number of these participants also only know each other through Model Rail Radio. So for the past year or so, I've held out actually paying for this video content, with the view that, because the fellow who even films the video comes on Model Rail Radio occasionally, maybe one of them might say, well, why don't we give Tom a free membership to this since we just come on Promote, we seem to be finding talent through Model Rail Radio, what have you. They had a summer deal where for, I think it was $48 for, the, for a year, you could subscribe to this content. So I thought, okay, obviously I'm not going to get a free subscription, so I'll pay $48 for a year. Not a huge
1: amount.
0: So I started watching this content, and it's quite interesting. It's not offensive. But the thing that strikes me is that a m- number of these people know each other through Model Rail Radio, and they make reference to the fact that they know each other. They just don't make any reference to Model Rail Radio.
1: And or do you think it's been edited out? Or- I don't
0: either know whether... It- there are three possibilities. It's unintentional, yeah, it's edited out, or it's explicitly asked for them not to make reference yeah.
1: to... In which case, in which case it's... Intentional
0: (laughs) And the thing that strikes me through this Is probably
1: no other There is never a mention Of model rail radio Well then it's intentional then yeah. You'd imagine it would be Yeah it sounds like it so, I don't think that's a safe assumption.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting what becomes a safe assumption, particularly because I don't want to be accusatory associated with this. I just find it very curious. Well, it's just uh, you
1: don't want to do business with those people. Well, it's interesting because there's no doing the, – what constitutes doing business here well, is Well, I mean, you don't want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. You don't want to be involved with them.
0: Well, technically, I'm not involved with them, which is the curiosity here.
1: Oh, you are, because we're talking about it. Well, (laughs) this is interesting. So I'm
0: trying to decompress. My view is actually that I can approach the fellow who does all the filming, who appears pretty frequently on Model Rail Radio to talk about their content, and just say to him, oh, look, this is curious here. The interesting thing is the fellow who the kind of uber boss associated with this whole (laughs) enterprise did contact this woman. And the woman's response to me was, well, so-and-so at such-and-such said, he's going to be promoting me for the next two weeks. I, yes. Well, I it goes through. <laughs> I thought, I've got no response to that. I just said, when Good. you want, You're when how you want nice. to appear on Model Rail Radio, feel free to call in at any time. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But yes, it is yeah. a strange, <laughs> it is a strange phenomena that those that will want to, and this I think is just eking, eking out profit out of the kind of fringes of these kind of things will probably always find their way to these kind of ventures, particularly if ventures are perceived to be successful or are actually, in fact, successful, um, as, you know, Model Rail Radio appears to be.
1: Well, successful Is is, needs to be defined.
0: Well, that's interesting here because success as I will define it is associated with rapid growth, an increase in kind of narrative and an outreach to a community. Success, as the other folk may define it, is associated with making a profitable business.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Building a community, uh, maybe that could make some money, maybe not. But building a community is worth doing
0: Without in and of I mean, itself. <laughs> you and I are of this perspective. I think... There may be another group that are of the perspective that if they can make profit from the community builders, so much the better.
1: Well, fine, if they can do it uh, in a way that... I mean, I wouldn't mind anybody making a profit on anything I'm doing, as long as they're not doing shit that I object to. Well, that's where it gets
0: interesting. Because in this process of community, there are elements of kind of DNA that one would want to kind of propagate in the community, Right.
1: Uh, I'm not quite sure what you're saying. There's there some are analogy ideas here. Ideas which yeah. you would think would be certainly in
0: the stuff that you describe primary, and if someone capitalized upon this but eliminated some of these primary ideas, uh, yet you had no means of
1: contributing yeah. or interacting or giving feedback. Well, I would. I'd have to look at the whole situation. Yeah. I mean, if you know, like I say, for some people, a lot of the stuff I talk about is not appropriate. I understand that yes, and uh but th- that shouldn't stop us from figuring out a way to talk to people who are at a different level,
0: mm.
1: you know I mean different messages, different strokes, as yeah, they say. Totally. <laughs>
0: totally. But it's interesting through this melees that I'm able to, at some point, have a critical assessment associated with success and failure. Yeah. And my view is actually that the the video enterprises that
1: are being created... There is think, no failure. There is only feedback. Well, Somebody that's interesting. That. <laughs> yes, I guess, to a certain extent, but my view... Uh,
0: is you know, Look, some things can be more or some things can stay in place, some things die naturally. That's not a... Well, well
1: you, listen, you try stuff and it works or it doesn't, so you, then you adjust and try more stuff and you just keep doing that. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. no, failure looking- is only when you quit. <laughs> you know, yes. then, then you failed. Yes. yes. <laughs> But I guess the thing that strikes
0: me through this video content more than anything is how little of it is out there. I mean, I would have thought with full time people making full time incomes through this that it would be a lot more content that was out there over the period of time. And
1: And and where would this be on YouTube? No, no, they
0: there are no there are no paid for gardens on YouTube. They've created a private site for this.
1: Oh, oh, they're they're charging people to. Yes. To come and see the video. They make videos yes. specifically for these people. Yes. And, uh, are, and are they making money at it? I mean... Well, I mean, I mine
0: was on the discount. I'm not sure what the regular price is. But, you know, if there are a thousand people that are paying you know, 48 bucks a year, they're making $48,000 a year out of this. Okay, well, so
1: they're not getting rich on this. Well, that's this interesting. Is, that's it's, interesting. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a... If they can make enough to make a living for themselves, then, yes. you know, then that's okay, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do that. Yes. <laughs> well, it's particularly easy if there's no pro-
0: premium associated with sourcing talent or making reference to where this talent
1: originates, right? <laughs> well... Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. the whole thing is is it really gets down to the ultimate motivation for doing it in the first place. Yes. If, if anyone who does anything primarily for money is a dick, Yeah Fuck'em. You know if they're doing something because they have some passion for doing something and it would be nice to make a living doing it yeah. th- then that seems okay to me you but know, just it
0: is, it is a curious phenomenon because I came to this i mean I've looked at some of the stuff periodically, but I came to it as a as a paying customer because I realized that there were a number of people who had appeared on Model Rail Radio previously, and this gave me an opportunity in high definition to actually yeah. see them
1: yeah. But,
0: yeah, yeah, it is an interesting phenomena, and I am – I can't be – I mean, you can't motivate any decisions for me. I just keep producing the content and keep doing what I need to be doing. Well,
1: we'll see what happens. You know, what the fuck can you do? Yeah, Yeah. what the fuck can you do? (laughs) You know, you just keep doing it or don't. Yes. (laughs) Oh, you got a choice. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's a glorious goddamn universe. Man, it's amazing. You know, it still gets to me, you know, just the fact that anything exists at all. Yes. I mean, really consider, I mean, how much easier it would be to just not bother with a universe. What a fucking miracle, the fact that I can sit here and speculate and wonder <laughs> and and uh, have all my little stories and shit about everything. Yeah. <sighs> That, that's a miracle, man. That's just mind-boggling.
0: So I came to a realization that <laughs> I like my garden.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, gardens are nice.
0: And I came to a realization that I need to have a winter
1: garden, which I'm planting. Mm-hmm. But also yeah. that I need to maintain... Uh, win- rest- so you can do that all year round, right? Yeah. I mean, there are different crops. Exactly. You have to cycle your yep. crops. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly.
0: But one of the things that interested me is that my most successful chili plant was actually from last year's chili crop. So Mm -hmm. I have a set of chili seedlings that I'm actually raising in my podcasting room because there's a shelf and a window. Perfect. And I'm going to raise them through the winter and then put them out early, uh, well, mid to late spring. I was listening a, a day or so ago about a fellow talking about seasteading. Have you heard of
1: seasteading? No, but I can imagine.
0: It's this idea that you get a whole a floating city, basically, yeah, or at least a floating right, town yeah. out in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, and live off the ocean.
0: Yeah, with the view that um, everything that's bad happens on the
1: land, so the solution <laughs> to that is to get off the land. Well, the question is, well, that's. Sort of silly, but the idea is can you build an environment that can survive in that environment? You Look, know, you
0: say that's silly, but it seems to be dominated by a variety of kind of far right libertarian folk that actually think well, the whole thing is coherent.
1: Yeah. Well, it might be, I don't know, I haven't seen what their plans are, but I mean, the idea of building something that could be self sustaining that floats on the ocean somehow, I, I it's kind of hard for me to imagine exactly how that would work, but but uh. It would certainly take a dedicated crew of people to do it, too. You, you know, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's got its problems. No, I, I mean, all it appears to have
0: is problems from my perspective. I've never spent any time on the open ocean. I, I don't know that as an environment, but everything I hear about it. It's
1: pretty re- barren, I think. Well, except <laughs> it's not.
0: There are cargo containers and a wide variety. Well, I know there's of lots varieties.
1: of plastic and shit floating <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah. No, it sounds
0: horrible. I mean my sense of it. Is, let's put
1: let's God, talk. I don't think I'd want to I don't want to live out there. No. Well, thanks. let's talk about the phenomenon of piracy. Yeah. Which I think is very real. Yeah, you could yeah, but they come up with a couple little boats. You got a whole fucking city you blow them out of the water. If you're white What, you have a night watch continuously? Oh,
0: this is a city. There are thousands of, I mean. What about a submarine? What about missile? You know, the torpedoes and these kind of things.
1: You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, I've seen dust bots. No, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's got its problems. There's no question about it. Yes. (laughs) So, no, to hear these
0: right libertarian folk opine very positively associated with just floating off into the sunset. With the view that it's impossible to solve the world's current problems. I mean, the solution is just to get off the land as opposed right, to... Right,
1: get on the ocean, then everything will be okay. Yeah. hunky dory Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there doesn't appear to be any shortage of morons in the world at the moment, so <laughs> what can you say? Really, the stories that people accept I find just absolutely appalling. Mm. You know, it's hard for me to imagine... Really? You know, I mean, what the fuck could be going on in their heads that they could accept shit like that? It's just really beyond my grasp. Well, the interesting thing is the fellow who I
0: heard speak is was clearly paid for. And it's interesting, this notion of the paid-for intellectual and the, what the paid-for intellectual represents. You know, the paid-for intellectual is very good at speaking. They're very charismatic. They are able to move over, you know, difficult questions like piracy. And they have,
1: yeah, they have a point of view that's simple. uh, That, uh, yeah, yeah, that they're on target constantly. They never get off target. Yeah. Well, that all makes perfectly good sense. That's uh, if you study communication, that's what works. Yes. Yes, if you study communication, this is giving flashbacks (laughs) here. Well, uh, part of me is that's why I keep repeating this shit on my Facebook page over and over again. Uh, That's another thing I wanted to raise. Yeah. So a fellow
0: quit Facebook recently, and in his quitting blog (laughs) post, he noted that there are three things as a Facebook user, if you continue to use Facebook, that you should do. The first is... Force yourself to log in manually every time you use Facebook. <laughs>
1: okay. The second
0: thing is limit yourself. Limit the time in which you use Facebook and discipline your interaction with yeah, Facebook. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's talking about himself. And the third thing Clearly. <laughs> is to rem- to prune and remove vast quantities of your friends on Facebook right. yeah. to
1: improve your interaction with it. Right, absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, but again, that's he, he's addressing his own issues. Well, he's also addressing my issues. Well, they way. may be other people's issues mm. too, right? Yeah, but I mean, essentially, those are personal issues about using a, a technology. If 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 you you know if you're not using it to your satisfaction, it's not the technology's fault. You know, learn how to use it the way that serves you. I guess the problem here is is that yeah, if
0: you ignore. If you ignore... He, he made reference to this ice bucket
1: challenge... <laughs> that there you go. Yeah, I think it would uh, be great for somebody to to get challenged and say "Fuck you!" I'm not going to play that stupid game. Well, here's the, <laughs> you know, when I, when I see the likes of George W. Bush, and of course Obama
0: <laughs> won't do it.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank God. <laughs> somebody. Yeah.
0: He, well, he, he he just rather than drop ice on himself, he'll just drop bombs on. Yeah, really. Whatever. You know, he's yeah.
1: got, got, got he's got some class. In yeah.
0: It. Yeah, that's the ISIS. Bomb dropping challenge
1: (laughs) (laughs) The only thing
0: that returns To me Which is just the perverse way my mind Works is the deer hunter And I would like to see a deer hunter challenge Associated with world leaders Which would actually enact change
1: Wait, I, I'm not quite sure what aspect of the Deer Hunter we're talking about here. Well, what, the Russian the, roulette. Russia yes. roulette. Yeah, okay. And I look, if any charity <laughs> the, out there, the Deer Hunter challenge. If any charity out there, <laughs> yeah, well, wants first to so start, are you going to do it? Look, I, I, I would pay money, it. huh? I would pay money to see any world
0: leader do the Deer Hunter challenge.
1: <laughs> and then challenge. Yeah, but well, what's the point of it though? I mean, there, there's got to be something that people can get behind. Peace on Earth. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, shit. Oh yeah. An end to the fucking stupid. Exactly. Doing.
0: Yeah, let's conclude this nonsense <laughs> yeah, with the deer with hunter, hunter let's challenge
1: over again. <laughs> God, that's a cool idea. Maybe you can get it that funded on Kickstarter. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing with this is that
0: I was thinking that it should become a meme, and I was wondering what I would actually—I would have to demonstrate it in order to, you know, in order for At it to become make a meme. Rate it on a YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, dis, you know, you don't want to blow your own brains out on Certainly.
0: YouTube. They said they won't show that anyway. Probably they probably wouldn't show it anyway. I mean, yeah, this so is the yeah, nature of YouTube perfect. is they will be censored very, very quickly. Yeah. So the Deer Hunter Challenge would have to exist independently of any of these means.
1: Yeah, on the deep web. The deep
0: web. Yeah, it came (laughs) up in a lunchtime discussion today associated with the fact that when, with this execution video that uh, the Islamic State put out, at the end of this, they show the next journalist they're going to kill.
1: They're Like Mr. Obama, if you're they not got a listening, whole line up yeah, they
0: got a line of them all wearing orange jumpsuits, that they just pull up for the next uh,
1: <laughs> the next one. Well, it just takes time to train them, though, yeah. to
0: say what they're going to say. So I think they read off cards, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, but they do have yeah. to rehearse it and make sure they get it right. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Actually, the first fellow
0: got it right. They I don't I, a good I, job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I would opt in all of these circumstances to be shot. I would not in any way opt to. And my view is actually this is something you know there, there are plenty of people. Well, yeah, I would
1: struggle with them, and then yeah. they'd shoot you. Yeah, that's that would be the, the pro one well, at least one possible. Yeah, just sitting there and letting him do it. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> You may not
0: know this, but my mother won an award, well, won an award, my mother received an award for helping with the rescue of a fellow in Iraq, mm-hmm. and he was very heavily beaten, and it appears I actually refused to say his lines for the camera, uh-huh. and was just beaten perpetually for this. Yeah, yeah. So my view is actually that resistance in these circumstances is... It can be done. There's clearly a history of it.
1: Well, yeah, it's, that's tricky shit, man. Mm. I don't know what I'd do under those kind of circumstances with a hot poker up your ass. You know, Mm. I'd fucking say anything, probably. Or maybe not, you know? Well, the conclusion is evident. Once you realize that they're going to kill you, the choice is yours. Well, that's the thing is, yeah. Yeah, is to just lay there and take it seems stupid. You know, at at some point when you get what's going to go on, then the way to do would be to resist and make them kill you right now. Yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't be a, a useful... Yeah, 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 you wouldn't yeah. be a useful tool, and it would be quicker. Yeah. You know, it'd be simple. You know, yeah. they fucking shoot you in the head, you Oh, yeah. and that's yeah. the end of that. And yeah. the point you could make,
0: particularly because you're surrounded by English speakers in these environments, is you wouldn't be in my position reciting my words, so I'm not going to be in, you know, my position reciting your words.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, there's no point, again, uh, there's no point to be made probably to anyone who's that extreme. Uh, I think, you know, those, see, you know, this, this whole thing really tests my humanity mm. <laughs> because I'm really getting to the point where I think, you know, just fucking kill them all. You know, it's the just, problem is there's the no problem. hope. You know, of, of re-educating or waking these fucking people up, man. They they are so totally lost in their story. I can't imagine what it would take to wake them up. But then you spend time with people in this country, which appear to be for all intents. Oh no, oh, you know absolutely, no, yeah. you know, but they're not out there doing the kind of shit. I mean, they're paying their taxes, so the government can do some it. Some
0: of them go and do this kind
1: of <laughs> shit. Some, some of them, them do. do yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Some do. But I mean, most people, again, they just go to their job every day and pay their taxes yeah. and watch, uh, dancing with the stars at night yeah. you know, and think that everything's just fine.
0: <laughs> so, this weekend, Sunday, in fact, I am going to talk with uh, Jim Gore. I can name him on this recording, who is the fellow who has called into Model Rail Radio, who my spiritual advisor is also a big fan of, who was captured by the Viet Cong. Ah And what I'm going to do is record probably 80 minutes with him And maybe present a certain amount on the Stone Ape feed And a certain amount on the Model rail. Well, it won't be actually a bit be to this other fellow's podcast Who did the interview with me that was released recently so, no, I think that's going to be very interesting. And I've had, to, uh, while I was in Vegas, even reflected on how I'm actually going to do this exploration. How old is he now? He would be about your age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: an old fart. He might actually be slightly younger than you, Heron, but I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's about my age. He's about
0: your age. Yeah. And he was he...
1: captured by the Viet Cong and held prisoner for how long?
0: I don't know. I'm going to find that uh, out. But okay. I know he was captured. <laughs> yeah. So he's one of the uh, 203. <sighs> Shit. Yeah. Amazing fellow. I mean, just you, in terms of his current demeanor and various perspective, I mean, you talk about how after Vietnam you realized that, you know, you, you could live your life independently and that, uh, uh, what was it, unburdened, I think might have been the term. Associated with, uh, you know, what had occurred and what you could go on to do. I
1: remember very well sitting on the floor watching us take off mm-hmm. from, the, you know, seeing that footage and crying mm. at, at how glad I was to see that happen. Yeah. You know, to see it over. Yeah. You know, and at least they got their own fucking country back. They can fuck it up if they want or they can yep. do anything they want to, yeah. but they kicked our ass out of there and it was the greatest victory <laughs> I mean, I was just in tears. That was so
0: why don't you feel the same way about the Islamic State?
1: Um, because I think, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, that's really it. That's it. I don't care about their point, their, their rights in, in some sense. <laughs> you know, uh, I think Islam in that form, I mean, not just that, but belief itself really is, is dangerous and needs to be eliminated. The concept of belief itself. But what what's so? What's different between them
0: and the Vietnamese fundamentally? Because the Vietnamese who who were uh, left in Vietnam had belief.
1: Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you can analyze it th- through that lens and say there's no difference. You're right. There are other differences, though. <laughs> you well, know, that that, that, that was essentially essentially other things a, as well, though. I mean, yeah, I think well, this it, is what's pretty think, curious. Yeah. No, I can, I can, I can see the similarities. Yeah, nationalism or religion. What's the difference? You know.
0: I think the interesting thing is the lens of religion is often portrayed here, but these are these are, in large part, children who have grown up through an invasion, and the notion no, am, that what yeah. they know through this is is this extreme is how the world violence. Works. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the peppering of religion is oftentimes applied by us to them to devalue their.
1: Listen Experience. I listen we can we can go around and around to yeah. explain all this shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying this is all really just more evidence of the collapse of the caterpillar. Yeah. And I don't see a solution to it. I, I mean I think it's it, I don't know how this is going to resolve itself, but it's not it's not going to get resolved until enough human beings wake up and the ones who uh, refuse to wake up simply are gone. Do you think the Vietnamese that you know continued on in Vietnam, do you think they were able to continue to Which, live their lives? I'm not I'm not sure what Vietnamese you're talking about.
0: Well, I mean if you talk about, you know, the collapse after the US exit yeah. and the folks that Oh lived I'm sure there, there was the a past. whole bunch of bullshit
1: that yeah. I don't approve of happened. You know, that but I
0: mean the real question here is what does your approval have to do with the way people live their lives in far flung parts of
1: the planet? Of uh, probably nothing. It's just I don't know why. Why are we even talking about this? How did we get into this? Well, stuff? I think it's an interesting perspective because the well, I mean, I'm serious. I don't remember how we got into oh, this. We we
0: point. talk We were talking about your experience leaving Vietnam. Your views associated with. When the U.S. left oh, Vietnam, no, and you were talking,
1: no, when I was watching that thing, when we the day we left, and the yeah, 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 just seeing that in terms, you know, no, you're right. National, I mean, if you want to compare nationalism to religion, that you're right. There's, but
0: I think the Islamic State, by definition, is about nationalism on some fundamental level, and not
1: in any. Well, thing. it's not everything I've heard. I mean, well, that's because oh. of the way that's well, yeah, that's yes. right. That's just depends <laughs> on what I've heard. Yeah. yeah, so I have no idea of yeah. what they're really doing. You know, I'd have to probably go there and hire an interpreter and hang out and find out for myself. The mm. thing is I just don't care whatever it is they're doing. It's Caterpillar business and I'm not really all that fucking interested in it. Mm. They'll work that out or not. I don't think they will. I think they'll I think maybe what'll happen is the next generation of children who grow up into this will see, I mean, with the media and stuff if they have any Any kind of access to how the rest of the world lives is going to say, this is bullshit. (laughs) Fuck fuck these people, man. I'm an earthling. (laughs) Well, you would hope that that would happen here as well. Well, I'm hoping, yes. That seems to be the only solution, really. I don't see any other solution to that. I mean, as long as people think they're Muslims or think they're Arabs or Americans or Christians or whatever the fuck they think they are, if that's their first concept of self, then we're doomed. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think we are doomsy. I think we will wake up I think we are waking up So one thing we've talked about which
0: we haven't actually Delivered upon yet in large part For a variety of uh, You know reasons is that um, We were going to record something For the psychedelic salon Which we had planned on doing I guess in a near term time frame But then I've been thrown into a variety Of different things which has kind of taken that Idea out of my mind now, yeah. I was on the Sea Realm uh, Facebook page this week, and someone posted associated with what other podcasts people should be listening to. A variety of folk posted on that, and Stone Ape wasn't mentioned once. <laughs> Which doesn't really strike me as particularly bizarre, because I don't really affiliate <laughs> many of the ideas we discuss with the stuff that's being discussed on the Sea Realm. But it did strike me that if we were to frame something for the psychedelic salon, we would need to do it in a very particular
1: fashion, so it could be receptive to that yeah, audience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know what the audience is. Yes. So and it shouldn't be that difficult to do that. I think the.
0: Impact of McKenna and the emphasis on a variety of ideas that come from ah, that. Yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah, just mentioning McKenna wins over <laughs> a whole bunch of people. You know, you don't have to say anything, you just have to say, Well, McKenna said blah blah and, and you've already got him.
0: <laughs> yes. Thankfully McKenna said so much that uh you could say that as a tribute oh, to almost want- any possible perspective and uh there will be a few McKenna files nodding and saying yes. On October 1984, he did say that. Well, Heron, I am fading fast here. It's been a long week, and uh, I'm I'm still trying to find my direction home. So I don't know if there's much more I can add to this uh, conversation this Mm -hmm. week. Um, Nor myself. So we'll talk next time. Talk soon. Take care. Bye.